TikTok, TikTok. Welcome to True Crime Oddities. I'm Jen. And I'm Jeannie. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing good. I'm all excited for today. I like this story. This is a good story that we re- researched. This is Anton Wood. Yes. And Anton- From Colorado. From Colorado at the young age of 10? Yes. <laughs> 10 years old. I can't believe it. Just 10. I mean, that's kind of crazy that we're talking about a 10-year-old. Um, and this is true crime. So, yeah. This is a, this is a very interesting story. Anton is a... He was born in 1882. Yep. And he lived in a town called Brighton, um, which is just north of Denver in Colorado. Right. So um, just like a little town, not that far. And he was about 10 years old, and he's just doing what every 10-year-old boy back in this time in 1892 do, go hunting. Yep. They go hunting. Yeah, and that's what he did. Grabs his rifle and goes off in the woods. Mom and dad are like, see ya. Come back for dinner Yeah, when it gets dark. Yeah. Hopefully you get something. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. That's about it. Do you think he was actually going out to get something for dinner? You know, I I just thought about that. I was thinking he was because I can't imagine because it seemed like he grew up pretty poor. So he couldn't waste ammo. Correct. That's very true. You know, I mean, that would be a lot. Even if they were making their own bullets and stuff. Yeah. That's expensive. You know, it would have been an expense. Yeah, I, I just thought about that right now. Well, maybe let's just go with the fact that he's hunting for dinner. Um, yeah. He went pretty. He went pretty far into the woods. Um, I, I was reading it was like several miles into the woods to go hunting. Right. And he ended up coming across several men that were also there to go hunting, but they were they were there for duck hunting. Yes. And it was said that they they were kind of like wealthy businessmen from Denver. Yeah, that's what I read. That's the impression, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm assuming that little Anton, I mean, he was probably looking at them with like their shiny rifles. Well, their clean clothes, their horses. The wagon. You know, I mean, all the camping gear and stuff that they had with them. Yeah, yeah. So he was, he wanted to stick around. He wanted to hang out with them. So he sat with them. He did. And the men let him stay. They did, yeah. Their thinking, though, was that he probably knew of, like, the good areas to hunt because he was from there, and they weren't. Right. So I'm sure they were chatting up, chatting him up, like, okay, come on, kid, tell us where to go. Right. So. Uh, yeah. No, they were. They it were definitely worked. Like, it, it worked, though. It worked because he ended up taking them to, like, this old abandoned, um, I think it was, like, a farmhouse of some sort. Mm-hmm. And there was all these rabbits there. They were able to like shoot and kill some rabbits, hunt for rabbits. Yep. And they did pretty good with that. Yes, they did. I mean, that kind of worked out really well for them, especially because when they had went duck hunting, apparently that did not go well for them. They were not able to get anything. No, they did not catch anything. So when Anton happened upon the scene, I think that they were pretty happy to see him. I think so too. They ended up shooting a couple rabbits, but... Some of the guys were just like, okay, we're still here for the ducks. <laughs> like, right. I didn't come here to get a rabbit. <laughs> no, but going back though, when Anton was sitting with them, yeah. you know, before they went hunting, yeah, Anton was like grilling them, you know, like about, you know, the horses, their mm-hmm. clothes, if any of them have a watch. Yeah. That's and so true. they were showing them all their stuff. Well, I'm sure they kind of enjoyed showing him all this stuff. I mean, they got a kid that's like looking up to them. 
Right. So they're not thinking anything of it. Yeah. I'm sure they, they were they were probably enjoying the show off part of it, you know, and Right. It's this kid is probably poor. He's not around people that have money of any sorts really. No. That's, it sounded like the town sounded kind of poor too. It did sound like that. Yeah. But Okay. Now we go into the fact that everyone was wanting to go hunting still. Yeah. Because they still wanted to go get duck. They did want to get ducks. Yeah. But um, Anton still want to hunt rabbits. He did. And he convinced the one guy, uh, this guy by the last name of Smith, he convinced Smith to go ahead and go with him to look for the rabbits. I'm not sure if Smith maybe just felt defeated from not being able to hunt duck. Also, I would think that hunting duck would be a lot different than hunting rabbits. I would think so. Yeah, maybe it's easier to hunt a rabbit than it is a duck. I'm not a hunter, so I'm just assuming. But maybe he just felt like it was easier to hunt the rabbits than it was for the duck. So two of his buddies, they they continued on. Um, Baker is one of them, and Wyman was another. Baker and Wyman, they were like, okay, we're going to keep going and hunting the ducks. You guys can go ahead and hunt the rabbits. Right. Um, so they kind of went their separate ways, but they did agree that they would meet back up around six, kind of like when it was getting dark. Right. They'd all meet back at the campsite. Yeah, where the wagon was. Um, and that that worked for Baker and Wyman. I mean, they went back like they were supposed to, but then Anton and Smith, they didn't. They were a no-show. Yeah, they didn't show at all. Not at all. And that, that made the guys like, of course, they probably sat around the campsite for a little bit. Like, okay, right, we're not like thinking anything's up. Yeah, but then it really started getting dark, so they decided to go out searching for them. They did. And they came up with nothing. I mean, they were searching, they said, for like three hours. Yeah, and they didn't find anything. No. So they ended up heading back to their camp, went to sleep, got up the next morning, sat out again to go find their friend Smith. Right. See if they can find him. And they ended up finding him. They did. Um, they found him on a hillside laying face up and dead. Yes, he was. Yeah. And they did a quick search of him, um, and they found that his rifle and his gold watch was missing. Yeah, and that was it. Those were the only two things taken. And Anton's not around. Right. They never saw him again. No, they did not. The last time they saw him was with Smith. So they kind of put two and two together in a way, but they ended up having to go all the way back to Denver um, to get the sheriff and a coroner. Yes. So... Kind of a little bit of a trip there. By the time they go there, come back to get Smith, um, then they decide to, they find out that Smith had actually died from getting shot in the back. Yeah, they thought he, like, must have spun around. That would make sense. And then that's why he was... up. mm -hmm. Yeah, because he got shot, like, under the shoulder blade, like, bled out. Um, But from there, when they, they get back into the wagon, they can see the actual footprints of Anton. Yes, leading away from the body. Yeah, so they follow follow footprints. Like literally follow the footprints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the front door. <laughs> right to the front door where they meet the mom, Mrs. Wood. Yes. And all right, the story that I read is originally they went there and they're like, "Oh, we're tired. The horses need food. We're hungry." That's what I read too. And she was like, "No. No. Sorry. No." So they knew that that wasn't going to work. So they went and they like traveled a little bit further, parked the horses. And then they came back. And she was still like, no. And then they told her why they were there. 
And she told him Anton wasn't there. He was away at school. Yeah, she was, it sounded kind of like there was like a little bit of a heated argument because the sheriff had a barge into the house. Yeah, they forced their way in. Yeah. And when they got in there, they found Anton in his bedroom hiding underneath his bed. Yes, they did. Which makes sense. He's 10. Right. Yeah. So the sheriff starts questioning him immediately. And Anton, I mean, he's like, yeah, here, I took the gold watch. Yeah, he did. I mean, he doesn't say anything about like shooting him. No, he didn't. He just said that he took the watch. He's like, here, you can have the watch. And they're like, where's the rifle? Yeah. And then he's like, I don't have the rifle. My dad took it. Mm -hmm. But that ended up not being true. They lift up the mattress and there's the rifle. Yeah. Like, (laughs) He wasn't very good at lying. Not very good at all. So they end up leaving with Anton to arrest him. And um, I mean, he's 10 though. I know, which blows me away. And this was, I don't, it blows us away, but I think also back then it blew them away because they don't, like, what do you do with a 10-year-old that you're saying killed this man? Well, yeah. I mean, because it's not like they had juvenile hall. Correct. I mean, they had bad boy homes, but he was too bad to go to bad boy home. Yeah. So, like, what do you do with them? Um, But they end up taking him away. And his trial ends up starting in 1893, like in the beginning in February. And the court was trying to um, even decide what to do with him based upon his age. Um, originally, they were going to try put his parents on trial for the death of Smith mm-hmm. and hold them accountable. But then they decided, no. Well, they couldn't. There weren't any laws yeah, allowing like, that. Like, we can't do that. Um, so like, what do we do? So they were like, well, let's just try the kids. So that's what they did. And, um, it's, it's funny, but not funny, but apparently like while they're in court, Anton is like eating candy. He's kind of like a typical, he's like all over the place. Like he's hanging out with his parents and chit chatting with them. Yeah, They were talking about like how he was sitting on their laps and, you know, sitting on some of the police yeah. on their laps. And it's like. And yet this case is all about determining like his future. Right. I mean, it was wild. It was. Yeah. I just picture like this really antsy kid. Like he can't sit still. Right. You know, and none of this is being he, like, he's not taking anything seriously. No, he's not. But I have to say that I think that this kind of played into his favor because um, the child lasted about two days. It took the jury like 30 hours to like deliberate and it ended up with a hung jury. Yeah. Mainly, I think, because of his age and because, like, again, like, how is the jury looking at this kid eating candy and, like, running all over the place, sitting on everyone's laps, and, like, you're deciding, like, if this kid is guilty or not? Well, right, that they're they're trying to decide that this kid really killed a, a grown man. Yeah, so this ended up with starting another trial. Like, they're like, we got to do this one all over again. So the next time around... It seems like the defense attorney was like, okay, I get another chance at this. Let me come at this from a different way. Right. So he did. Yeah, he really did. He really went there. So he admitted that, um, admitted, I don't know if it was evidence or how they even did this then, but he informed everyone that both of Anton's parents had syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, that was pretty good. And by saying this, they were trying to claim that like when he was in the womb, like this like mentally challenged him because his mom had syphilis. Yep. So, and they were really trying to say that Anton had like 
mentally, he was like mentally challenged. And a lot of that was just due on like his low class of living because they were very poor. Like there wasn't any disputing that. No, he was really poor. And they were, you know, I know that they also brought his diet into the whole mix. Yeah, because his diet I was reading involved uh, like pork and eggs and coffee. So we're all going to go crazy. But you know, that does make me think when I was younger, I always heard that kids were not allowed to have coffee. Yeah, no, growing up, it, it you know, but they always right? told us uh, it, it'll stunt your growth. Right, it stunts your growth. Mm-hmm. So I, when I read that, I was like, oh, that was even like when I was growing up, like don't drink coffee. Right. But then the defense attorney brought in um, the fact that the men had given Anton some alcohol that they had with them. Yes, they said a swig out of their flask. Yeah, they did admit to that. Um, And that Anton just basically just didn't have an understanding of what he did. Like, he's 10. I mean, look at him. He's eating candy. He's running all over the place. Like, he has no clue what he did. Like, this is just his way of living. Yeah, but come on, he shot somebody. He killed a man and took his pocket watch and his rifle. Yeah, obviously it didn't work. Um, You know, the jury... It also didn't last very long. The judge put like a time limit on it, mm-hmm. which I found was really interesting. Like he did not want this like really going for very long at all. It was like you get 30 minutes to deliberate on this one. Right. Guilty or not guilty. Yeah. You're not taking 30 hours. Yeah. And the sad thing on this one also is the second time around, uh, the parents were not there. And I wonder if that was because the judge said that they couldn't be there or if they were there, not there by choice or couldn't afford to be there. I'm thinking they couldn't afford to be there. They yeah. couldn't have the time, you know, to take the time away because they were very poor. They needed the money to come in. They couldn't afford the attorney and all that for the kid. Yeah. So they weren't there. And, um, of course, the jury came back and then they found Anton guilty of second degree murder. Yeah. And then little Anton started crying. Yeah. He cried a lot. And then yeah. you know what he said? What did he say? He said, I should have killed the other two guys, and then I never would have got caught. Yeah, I mean, that is such a 10-year-old way of thinking, too, because how and how would have that worked out for him? What was his plan on that one? I don't know, but when I mean... sleeping? Like, so, well, by now he's 11, because <laughs> he had his birthday while he was in jail, right? And so, but to say, but to have that come out of his mouth, like, well, if I would have killed the other guys, I never would have got caught. I mean, it's like, what do you... Th- what's going on in that brain it probably was not a like a wise choice of wording especially Uh, during that time period no especially since he hadn't been sentenced yet and that was the interesting thing that on his sentencing um he wanted proof of anton's age he did not believe that this kid was now 11 no the judge was like give me the birth certificate yeah and they the parents couldn't come up with one yeah and he said and then the judge decided he was 12 he did yeah the parents were only able to come up with a bible that had his birth date written in on it, as if like that would be sufficient. But the judge was like, "No." Oh, well, I, but I think that was a lot more common in the time because a lot of people did like home births. Oh yeah, most definitely. But you know? regardless of that, even the judge was like, "Nope, not buying it." This nope. kid is still, I believe, he's twelve. And if you haven't looked yet, you can always look at our Instagram page, uh, True Crime Oddities. You'll see a picture of little Anton. And I don't know about you, but. This picture, I don't think he's 12. To me, he looks kind of young. He does look awful young. and He looks like he has a baby face. <laughs> I know. I mean, 
But I think the judge at this point was probably just really upset. This is the second time around, same judge. Well, and I think him making that crack about he should have killed the other two did not serve him well. It didn't at all. And this ended up getting him 25 years in prison. Right. Yeah. I mean, they take this little kid after he gets sentenced, bring him to jail. They don't have a a kid jail. They have a juvenile. He went to real prison. He went to real prison. And they treated him like like a real prisoner because he is. They shaved his head, which they did to all the prisoners there. And I'm sure he got the the smallest little prison outfit that they had. (laughs) I wonder if they had to make one for his size. I would have to think they had to have made it because... They, why, they're not going to have something that small. That small. And um, he's prisoner number 3199. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where he now begins his his prison life at 11. At, yeah, at 11 years old in the prison with all the real, con- you know, not, I mean, he's a murderer, obviously, right. but but to put a, a, a child in with a grown adults. I mean that that's that's crazy and scary. Yeah, very scary. Um, I was reading that at one point, like in his teenage ish years, uh, there was a prison break. Yes, there was, and he was part of it. Yes, he was. Got caught. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he should give up his life of crime because he's not very good he's at it. He's not very good at it. Ends up going right back to prison. And um, and then there's like years later, there's like a second prison break. Yes, and he's like, no, nope. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, no, no. He got a little smarter. Yeah, he told everyone. He yeah. told the the guards. He told the warden. Not only that, did he get smart in that fashion, but he also seemed like he actually had some smarts about him. Yeah, you know, I, that's what they were saying that he was quite intelligent. Yeah, he ended up learning, I believe, two or three languages while in prison. Yes, and to play the violin. To play the violin. He learned other, just like your basic mathematical skills, things of that. And this all really helped him out in the very end because he did eventually get out of jail. Yeah, that part was interesting because he got out early. Yeah. And so it was the help of this one lady, Mrs. Reynolds, who was very wealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she had gotten him out, but the condition was he had to go to this boy's home, like in New York City, and work at the furniture making plant. Okay. And so he was all excited. He got there. And after a couple of days, he thought, no, I'm not doing this because this is like slave labor, you know, <laughs> I mean, because they had him in there working from, you know, noon up, you know, right. all di- all kinds of crazy hours and stuff. And he didn't think it was right. So somehow he ended up getting a transfer from that boy's home okay. to another boy's home where he really enjoyed it. But it was interesting because he made the comment that he had to pay back Mrs. Reynolds. Oh, wow. Why would he have to pay her back for getting him out? I mean, not just pay back like, hey, I'll do this stuff for you. He had to pay her money. Yeah. So what did she pay for to get him there? Did she have to pay people to get him out of jail? Is it, you know, is it the fact that he didn't stay to make X amount of pieces of furniture or? It always deals with money. It does. But I thought that was interesting because I wonder if she owned the furniture store because that part it didn't say and I couldn't find. Yeah. Or she got a cut of like what they made or something because why was she funneling them to this place? You know that she's making money somehow. 
right very easily but with it being so far away that you know people in her inner circle aren't going to find out what she's doing well anton due to his age and for what he was charged with this also really set the pathway mm-hmm. as far to hand like how do you handle juveniles that crip you know, commit these type of crimes. It really made the system kind of relook at this. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, they made a lot of changes. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I read that they changed a whole bunch of laws because of this, because they made it, um, they changed the juvenile laws. They made it now to where like your parents are responsible because mm-hmm. the parents weren't responsible back then. Right. And so the parents are liable for the crimes that the juveniles commit. Yeah. It really changed a lot. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. This, it definitely was a very interesting case, especially for the fact that since he was being perceived as like this real mentally challenged boy and then come to find out that definitely was not the case because no. I mean, he obviously was very intelligent, you know, Speaking multiple languages. Right. It's almost like he kind of thrived in prison. He really did. And what I really wonder is, did he actually have, not that this is a reason to like go and shoot somebody, but was his life actually better for being in prison? Like, did he get more advantages as far as like all the education that he got from being in there, the languages that he, that he got learning how to play the violin, like all of these things. Three meals a day. Three meals a day. Kind of like a boarding school. In a way. Right? Yeah. I mean. Where I feel like at his home, he didn't have all of those advantages the way that it was described. No, I don't think he he did. I mean, it's unfortunate somebody passed yeah. during all this. But it but it does seem like him being there, he, he did thrive in that environment with all the structure. Because maybe there was no structure at the house either. That's what I'm thinking too. You know. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like he did really thrive to the fact of he got out. He ended up changing his name though, which I would expect him to. Right. Yeah. yeah. He ended up changing it to Charles Henry Howard. Nice. Not sure where that name, like where it came I wonder up if from. it's like people that influenced him. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, to pay uh, homage to them. Yeah. He didn't live very long. He died at the age of 68 from lung cancer, mm-hmm. but um, at least he died a free man and with, well educated well yeah and it seemed like he grew went on to lead a productive life like he he didn't go back into like a life of crime yeah he, he was a one and done one and done totally learned his lesson yes he did he got reformed yeah. it worked for him yeah it's all good it really worked you know well i want to thank you for eavesdropping on this conversation about yeah. anton thank you everyone hope you enjoyed it yeah and if you did Please uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe if you can. Give us a five-star rating if you like it. That'd be awesome. Check out our Instagram page. We always post a picture of who we're showcasing. Yes, we do. And um, we'll definitely catch you on the next one. Ooh, what's the next one going to be about? Uh, The next story is going to be about high school sweethearts. Ooh, can't wait. Well, see you all. See ya. Bye. Bye.